Hey guys, welcome back to the Toxic Mom Podcast. This is episode six, and this is about Mia Marcano. Okay, so who is Mia Marcano? Mia Marcano was a 19-year-old girl who lived in the Orlando section of Florida. She was attending college as well. And she also worked at the apartment complex where she lived. She worked in the leasing department. She disappeared on September 24th at approximately five o'clock after she left her um, employer. She went upstairs to her complex and that was the last time anybody seen or heard from her. Her mother contacted the police at around 940 that night to do a wellness check from reading um, things about this case, she was scheduled to fly out from Orlando down to Fort Lauderdale to be with her family, but she never arrived and they were not able to get a hold of her. So her mother went ahead and contacted the police and they were dispatched out to the Arden Villas apartments and they arrived there about 10 o'clock to do a wellness check that was requested by her mom. So let's back up to 2.15 that day. While Mia was at work, somebody entered her apartment using an on-call maintenance key that was known to be in the possession of a gentleman named Armando Cabarello. He was a maintenance employee at the building, but he did not live there. Someone else also entered around 434 using the same key that was in the possession of Armando Cabarello. If you're unfamiliar with apartment living, you are more than likely not the only one that has access to your apartment. The landlord or the maintenance department have a key just in case there's an emergency and you're not home and they have to gain access to your place or if there's some maintenance work that needs to be done and you're not home. So just keep that in mind. Whenever you're renting from someone, you're more than likely not the only person that has possession of a key to your place. So Mia got off work at around five o'clock and she used her key to enter her apartment at 5.06 p.m. At 5.52, Armando Cabarello's car is seen leaving Arden Villas Apartments. Now, this man was off that day. So why is he there? At around seven o'clock, Armando Cabarello places a maintenance call, which later on the police deemed as fake. At around 7.10, he comes back to the apartment complex and he contacts them that he needs to be let in. And according to the police, they believe this was his attempt to set himself up with an alibi. Why would he need an alibi? At around 7.15, someone used a master key yet again to gain access to Mia's apartment, but nobody entered the apartment this time. At around 7.40, Armando Cabarello leaves Arden Villa's apartments in his vehicle. He is then tracked to Timber Scan Apartments at around 8.40 that night. And now we're coming into that time where Mia's mother starts to panic and she contacts the police. 
Okay, so now Mia has been missing for going on eight hours. At around 1.30 in the morning, Mia is entered as an official missing person. And the deputies meet with Mia's family at the Arden Villas apartments at around 4.50 the next morning. So now we're into September 25th. As they are there, this is an encounter that was captured on the cell phone of one of Mia's family members, and the female voice you're hearing in this is her aunt. Okay, so the gentleman that you hear in the background is Armando Cabarello. And as you can hear her aunt say to him that there is evidence of obsessive behavior on his end towards Mia. He was apparently sending her text messages that were not appropriate. He apparently expressed love interest to her from sources and she declined his offers. And the family said that led to um, him becoming very obsessed. So he's on the phone with someone identified as Tati who apparently works at the complex, but her family is saying they've never heard of this person. Um, and he is claiming this is how he found out that Mia was missing from this woman that he has on the speakerphone. This was a very odd exchange. And this was actually done in front of a police officer. He was talking to a police officer 
and the family started recording him. A lot of that conversation, you can't really hear what he was saying to the police officer, but the family found it very odd that this man just appeared out of nowhere um, and is questioning what's going on and apparently asked them, are you looking for Mia? And they're wondering how he knew this. So that's a big red flag. And again, this man was doing a lot of things around the apartment on his day off. So that was at 4.50 in the morning. At around 8.50, Castleberry Police Department in Florida responded to Cabarella's apartment after a call from Mia's family reporting that they saw him with a glove, a backpack, and a blanket that belonged to Mia. And this was actually also captured on footage. They had him parking and exiting his car, and they said that, you know, he was in possession of some of Mia's items. So it appears that they possibly followed him. So at around 9.50 that morning, this is still on September 25th, the Castleberry Police Department stand by while Mia's family, with the permission of Armando Cabarello, look through his apartment. And this is where I find things to be very odd. I have personally never heard of a family given permission by what they're presuming as a suspect to search their apartment. And I don't know why the police would even allow this considering that there was more and more evidence showing that he may have had something to do with Mia's disappearance. So why would they allow people to go in that could possibly contaminate what could be a crime scene? I don't understand why the family was doing the work of detectives that were paid and trained to do this. We know he was not under arrest, but something clearly was going on um, to suggest to them that he had something to do with this. And I just find the whole events very odd. Now, at around three o'clock, Armando Cabarello leaves his apartment, and this is the last time anybody sees him. And about an hour and a half later, detectives consider him a suspect in Mia's disappearance. 5.45 p.m., they um, submit evidence and they want to get a judge to authorize a search warrant. And then around 9.30 uh, that day, p.m., on September 25th, Armando sends a text message to somebody and that's the last text message that comes from his phone. At about 1.30 in the morning on September 26th, the police uh, were able to get that search warrant signed by a judge and they head over to uh, Armando Cabarello's apartment and they start conducting a search. And to my knowledge from reading this, Mia's apartment was not warded off yet as a crime scene, which is another odd event um, that I don't know what that was about. Why wasn't her apartment searched in the beginning of this. Very strange things going on here with this case. Two days later, on September 27th, around 10.30 in the morning, police discovered the deceased body of Armando Cabarella, and they 
conclude that he died uh, by suicide. How he died and the manner of death is not uh, released, but they said it appears that his body was there for some time, which means that decomposition obviously had set in and he probably killed himself around the time that he sent that last text message out um, on September 25th. At this point, Mia's family is obviously very panicked and they're scared. Her friends and family have started to look for her and pretty much every wooded area around. Um, there's lots of people that start looking for her. And finally, the police started uh, looking for her um, as well. And a few days later, on October 2nd, at around 1045, Mia's body is located at the Timber Scan Apartments. And if you remember, this is the area where Armando Cabarello's phone pinged at approximately 840 when he leaves um, the apartments where Mia was living at around 730. So this is where they found her body. And it appears that he, um, his cell phone records were used to track her, her body the location of where her body was found. So a very sad conclusion to um, the search for Mia Marcano. Now, this is what it seems happened. It appears that when he entered her apartment at around 4.30, Armando Cabarella, he was lying in wait for her to get off. He more than likely knew around the time she was getting off because he also worked there. Whether he was in contact with somebody else, as far as did she leave yet, nobody knows, but appears he got into her apartment, was waiting for her, and as she entered around 5.06, um, that's when everything most likely happened. The police are concluding that Mia um, never left her apartment alive and all of this nonsense that this man was doing between, you know, five and six and driving around. This is probably when he um, exited the apartment with her dead body, placed it somehow in his car without being seen um, and drove off and dumped her uh, near the Timberscan apartments. And she was found with uh, tape around her mouth and her hands and um, legs bound. She was found wearing a robe and jeans and um, some other belongings of hers was found not too far from where her body was dumped. I just can't imagine uh, what was going through Mia's head as she entered her apartment and she realized this man who had been harassing her was there. Something my mom told me a very long time ago, some people might disagree with this, but this is what she said. No matter how strong you think you are, you will never be able to overpower a man. And this man was a lot taller than her. He was built a lot bigger than her. And he had such rage inside of him, it seems, from all the rejection that he finally uh, took it out on her at that moment that she got into her apartment. There were other incidences where other women have come forward that he was doing the same thing to them. 
a lady at another complex where she lives. She didn't live in the same complex as Mia, but um, it appears that Armando took an attraction to another woman who lived in another place and was rejected. And she claims he threw a weight through her window. This is a man that is very unstable. He did not have a criminal record displaying that he had any history of sexual assault or harassment, but he did have a criminal record on hand. But um, someone like this should have never been able to get employed at an apartment complex where he's in complete possession of um, all the keys of all the female tenants. Mia apparently reached out to her family and to other people that she worked with, including management, to tell them that this was going on, that he was harassing her and making her feel uncomfortable. And it appears that they have done nothing. Her family is suing the complex for um, negligence and they're filing a wrongful death lawsuit. They are also suing his estate, Armando Cabarello's estate. Um, you know, they want people to be held accountable. They have also started a foundation called the Mir Mercano Foundation. It has to be very difficult for a family through all their pain to do something like this because they have to relive a lot of the trauma that they've experienced at their heavy loss. And this is the objectives for the Mio Mercano Foundation to create a safe space for families that allows them to get the assistance required to help them quickly find their loved one. Because as we know, the police were really kind of dragging their feet with this to provide 24 seven support to families that will guide them through the process of establishing their loved one as a missing person, educate the community about safeguards they can take to ensure they are as safe as possible and that someone always knows their location, develop a law that protects residents by limiting who has access to their private residences and grants them the ability to break a lease if they feel unsafe without penalty. And that is her uh, family uh, goals with the foundation, her family and friends. I think moving forward, um, you know, if you live in an apartment complex, uh, you should be able to know who is coming and going from your apartment. Guarantee if Mia was made aware through some kind of app alert that someone was entering her apartment using a master key at 2.15 and at 4.30, she would have obviously done something because she was at work and why was somebody entering her apartment, especially if she did not put in a call that anything needed to be done. Um, this whole situation is just so very sad. And the reason the story touched me the way it did was it brought back a suppressed memory for me. Um, something I experienced in 2007 with someone that um, I was dealing with and I ended the relationship. A few months after I ended the relationship, um, he gained access into my apartment complex. I was working three to 11 and I got home around 1130 and I came in through my apartment, um, which was only accessible if you had a key or if somebody budged you in. I saw this figure sitting on my left hand side and I didn't really look at it at first, 
Then I turned around and it was him. And he had a completely different appearance. He had grew a beard. He looked very unkempt, like he had been living out in the forest for many, many weeks. And this was a man who took pride in his looks. And I had never seen him with a beard. He was always clean shaven and well-groomed. So to see him sitting here looking like this, um, weeks after we broke up, I was very frightened. And I asked him how the heck he got in. And he had told me he had been sitting there since about seven o'clock that night. He um, pulled up, saw that there was a woman that needed help with her groceries, and he walked himself over and inserted himself into her space and was able to gain access into the apartment. And that's where he claims he sat there and waited till I got off. That was very frightening. There was things that he did obviously prior to that, um, which made me uh, want to finally end the relationship that was very toxic and I had no business involved in in the first place. But I can't imagine, you know, if I had of continued that relationship, um, what would have happened and look what happens weeks after I ended, he ends up in uh, the complex um, acting in a very psychopathic manner, you know, unrecognizable, almost in disguise. And, you know, he had no business there. There's lots of women out here that are going through this right now. There's lots of women in Mia's situation that reach out for help and it falls on deaf's ears. That has to be changed. The police need to take this stuff seriously. There was no reason why this family had to do the, all their initial footwork. And because of that, the suspect was able to get away to commit suicide. The whole thing of them having to search his apartment just really blew my mind. Um, I commend them for, you know, starting a foundation and speaking up because, um, you know, through all their pain, they're still trying to keep her memory alive, keep her name alive with this foundation. And I hope that, um, moving forward, more co apartment complexes consider people, um, not consider just do a thorough investigation of a background on someone that they're going to hire as a maintenance person knowing they have access to people's apartments because that's frightening you know someone gaining access while you're not there lying in wait till you get home and then they they overpower you and kill you um, a woman shouldn't have to become a self-defense expert or fbi expert just to enjoy the company of a man just to enjoy life in general and it seems there's a lot of people that victim blame as well with these situations or, you know, she should have did this, she should have did that. Why? Why should a woman have to do all this to enjoy herself? You know, she has a right to say no, just like a man has a right to say no. I know there's men that go through this with women. There are women that, that are out there that are just like Armando Cabarello who stalk and obsess and do egregious things, but it more so happens to women than it does men. And Unfortunately, it takes a situation like this to happen for people to realize that changes need to be made. So that's all I have on Mia. Keep the family in your thoughts and prayers. Any family going through this, nobody should have to bury a loved one because of the word no. Send me your feedback, the Toxic Mom Podcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on Instagram on Twitter at the at Toxic Mom Podcast, and we'll chat soon.